0: This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients,
1: but that's not important right now. Ron and Anian. There's a magic pill in New Jersey, or this is the land of magic, where some cars, not all cars, and some trucks, not all trucks, are required to be inspected. It's not equal, all right? The laws of common sense don't really apply here.
2: Doctor, doctor, give me the news, I got to
1: The car doctor! This car needs a good old fashioned carbon cleaning. Hook up a machine,
3: run the injectors, run fuel system cleaners strictly through the injectors.
1: Surely
0: you can't be serious. I am serious. Now, don't call me surely.
3: Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in.
1: The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855
3: 560 9900 And now ever see Ron and
1: Anion. He's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron Eaning and the Car Doctor here at the Helmet, 855-560-9900. We're here to take your calls and answer all your automotive questions, whatever there might be, 855-560-9900. More information at Cardoctorshow.com. There's a Car Doctor Facebook page, if you're so inclined. Facebook's getting a little trepidatious to kind of wander around of late there. The algorithms and the formulas, and you can see this and you can see that, and who's, I don't know, I'm, I'm starting to lose interest in Facebook, but we are are There and uh, we do try to post things on a regular basis, so you can check us out. And of course, there's podcasting available. If you're not lucky enough to get this on a terrestrial radio station, you can get out the CarDoctorShow.com, follow the podcast link, or just go right to Spreaker.com and uh, fill it in that way. And uh, you can take the Car Doctor with you wherever you want to go. Remember, if you do happen to take the Car Doctor with you uh, on a podcast, click, uh, click subscribe or favorite or whatever it is, and uh, keep, the, keep the shows coming. You'll stay current and get the most up to date. And we get the, we get the you know the, the best numbers on terms of uh, who, who likes us and who doesn't, and uh, we'll work hard to make it so that you do like us. I saw Volvo John this week at the diner, and, um, I, you know, I haven't seen John in a while. I, I call him Volvo John. My gosh, he was the uh, uh, he was the Volvo parts manager for the local Volvo dealer. Uh, geez, it's been 15 years since he was at Volvo, and I've seen him off and on. He's, he's been in and out of a couple of different jobs, and uh, most recently, Volvo John, I guess I could call him Tesla John. Uh, you know, he, he he was doing parts for Tesla, and I hadn't seen him in about two years. Uh, I've known John the better part of 25, great parts man, one of those guys that, you know, when, when he knows the product line, you can ask him, tell him you're doing a timing belt, and he can tell you the part numbers off the top of his head, as well as all the nuts, bolts, washers, clip-pips, schmips, and all the little things that uh, go with it, with just, just without even looking in the catalog. And I said, so what's life like at Tesla, John? And he said, well, I'm not there anymore. And he said, um... You know, he says, I've been out of there about a year. Uh, and he said, I've got to tell you, he said, um, you know, I, I, I think Tesla's a little bit of a magician. And I thought he was saying, you know, in a positive sense. And by the way, this is my first yellow note rant of the day, so I just peeled it off the window. Because um, when I heard this story, I wrote here that Tesla's a magician, and he's making a cars appear out of thin air. And I heard that part, and I went, uh-oh, this, this – Probably doesn't sound good. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, he said, you know, the biggest problem is, he goes, that they're they're starting to get cars delivered to the dealership, or they were at the time, that they're getting cars delivered to the dealership. And he said, one of the classic problems is they don't work coming off the truck, or they don't work coming off the transport, and that they were starting to, what made him leave was he couldn't keep up with the demand for parts because the problem became that, they would get cars with parts in the trunk area or in the in the interior area, and they were told, finish building the car. Uh, you know, and he said, So this is why I think he's a magician. It's, you know, this is Volvo John's interpretation that Tesla's making cars appear out of thin air. I said, wow. Now I wouldn't think that's a true story, not that I think John lies, but it, it got me thinking about the lady in the red Tesla. I can't think her name and I'm not really supposed to use her name so I'm going to pretend I forgot which I kind of did but she's from South Jersey somewhere and I saw her at a Christmas party over the holidays and um, we got to talking and she's telling me all about you know people find out you know I try to shut up when I'm at parties believe it or not I can go spats where I'm quiet see I just did it and you know she started telling me about her red Tesla she found out you know I'm into cars and I don't know somebody said something about radio and conversation kind of takes off from there. Um so she bought a Tesla three. The lady with the red Tesla, she bought a red Tesla three. And I said, Wow, I said, you know, I hear good things about that. You know, thirty five thousand dollar car. And she just kind of gave me that, you know, double down look like what you're talking about, Willis. And uh, you know, did the um, well let me tell you, Ronnie, she said that the thirty five thousand dollar Tesla became sixty two thousand dollars. And I you know and now I'm thinking about When Volvo John's talking to me about Tesla, Tesla John, whatever he is, um, I'm thinking, like, you know, this is sort of what I'm hearing from the consumer on the other side. She said that her $35,000 Tesla became $62,000. And, of course, Ron said, why? And she said, well, first of all, you have to get the long-distance battery. She goes, unless you live three miles from everywhere you're going to go, she goes, you need the long-distance battery to get anywhere so that you don't have to charge the battery every couple of hours. So that's an issue. Okay. That was (laughs) $9,000. So, yeah. Then she said, "Unless you like sitting on a on a picnic bench when you're driving, all right? And, you know, you enjoy cranking down windows and not having power door locks and sitting in something, you know, as Spartan as a garbage can." Her words not mine. She said, "You want to buy the interior package. That was $5200." So then she needed Better than seats because she didn't like the interior, the material it was made out of. She said it was something like you didn't need seat belts because you you would stick to the seat regardless. So she went for the more comfortable cloth. And then she had to put wheels on the car. She figured I'm into it this deep. You know, what's the difference? We'll put nicer wheels on the car, 1500 bucks. She said, before I knew it, I spent $62,000 on my $35,000 Tesla. Here's the part that amazed me. And I said, but how's the car? She goes, oh, I love it. She goes, it's just too much money. Well, then why'd you buy it? Oh, because it's a Tesla. <sighs> you know, there's an old... Comp, what's that old vaudeville joke about, um, you know, where they, they start asking him the one question, you know, it, it's kind of like Curly in The Three Stooges, right? Take off your hat, and he puts it on the umbrella, and, you know, put your hand on the Bible, so he takes the puts the umbrella down and puts the hat back on his head, and he's... Right, remember that skit where they go through the... You know, it's kind of like, why do you like the Tesla? Oh, because it's a Tesla. How much was it? It was too much money. I don't like that. Well, why'd you buy the car? Because it's a Tesla. You know, it's it doesn't make any sense. Now, in, in all fairness, she likes the car. She said, you know, she feels good. She's, you know, not using any fossil fuel. It's, of course, then me trying to be logical about it, and I apologize because I'm trying to make sense. I said, but... What about the stories that go that, you know, you're charging the car with electricity? Yeah, but that just comes out of the wall. Yeah, but it has to come from somewhere, and, you know, it it takes something to produce that electricity— And, yeah, she goes, but, you know, with LED light bulbs. Somehow this became a conversation about LED light bulbs. And I'm just going around. I'm like, I'm starting to bang my head against the wall. She said, you know, since there's all these LED light bulbs in houses anymore, the power grid really has no load on it. So we have the ability to produce all this electricity. And it's really not that bad for the environment. Uh Uh-huh. So we created LED light bulbs, I said, to take the load off the power grid. And now Tesla's come out with a car that puts more demand on it. and I think. I, you know, I'm sure we could have an argument here between myself and the listeners. Somebody's going to send me an email and tell, tell me that I'm an idiot. But, you know, it's it's my understanding is that it, it, it takes fossil fuel or coal or something to run the power plant to make the electricity to power the Tesla so we don't have to use gasoline. I, you know, I mean, I just – I. But anyway, that's my Tesla to my two Tesla stories today. I, I, I'm really starting to question I think Volvo John is right. I think Tesla's a magician. I think the red Tesla lady is happy, you know. I, I think at eighty two when you buy a Tesla, I think you're happy that you bought a Tesla and you don't really want to mention whether it was good or bad. It's you know, it's kinda of like the morning after you wake up and go, I'm married. Oh, you know, eh, it's okay. It'll be all right. I'll get by for a couple of years. Um, I can think of some people that go through that.
3: Um, you know, up where my daughter lives in Grafton, Mass., there's a high-end mall. They've got a Tesla store. So yeah. We, we walked in one day. Nice car. Gorgeous car. I mean, the interior was incredible. I mean, the instrumentation was fantastic. Real flashy. $147,000. Ron, that's a small house.
1: Yeah, Tom, I, you know, I don't get it um i i i just don't get it the way things are made today there's no logic all right uh i'll tell you the story this way about logic real quick i'm i'm changing the bathtub in the house right and i know this has nothing to do with cars but i always try to look at the logic of how things are created and made and when you look at cars right we can't even get you know so you start talking about bathtubs you say ah cars are too complicated we can't design those right so have you looked at bathtubs lately if you want a freestanding bathtub I looked at it and I told the lady, I said, did they take the egg from Mork and Mindy and cut the thing in half? Because that's what it kind of looks like. It looks like an egg from Robin Williams and Mork and Mindy, right? She said, oh, no, this is the latest style. I sat down in the bathtub. First of all, I smacked my knee getting over the edge, all right, I mean, to the point of almost tears. I think, I, I think there's blood underneath my pants. I can feel it. Like, I have to look. And, you know, but you sit down in the tub. Now, there's no water in the tub, so you lean back. The tub just about falls over sideways. Okay? And she goes, well, there's no water in it. Well, then what'd you tell me to get in the tub for? Well, I wanted to see how it would fit. But you should, you know, like, I'm surprised the government doesn't have warnings. If you drive this bathtub without water, you could tilt over. You could see the lawsuit coming, right? I said, but whatever happened to a bathtub? Oh, we don't... She said, I know what you want. She goes, but we don't sell any of those. I go, well, do you have any? She goes, yeah. She takes me into the storeroom, right? Good old solid cast iron, you know, weighs more than a Volkswagen, which isn't hard these days. And... You know, it's like a bathtub. It's a real bathtub. You sit in the thing. It goes down below your boobs. You're up to your neck in water. It's like that's a bathtub. She goes, yeah, but nobody ever buys this. I go, why not? She goes, well, it's, you know, first of all, she says, it's too cheap, I think. People are looking to spend money on bathtubs. I looked at $8,000 bathtubs today, which just... I'm sorry, what? Yeah, $8,000 bathtubs. I didn't buy anything, Tom.
3: Oh, thank God. I looked at $8,000
1: bathtubs, which I've got to tell you, you know, and they're made out of acrylic, all right? Um... And I kind of like the one that had the air bubbles, you know, would blow air bubbles at you. That was kind of neat. But, you know, you can't buy a bathtub with common sense. You can't buy a Tesla with common sense. <sighs> you know, is it any wonder we're in the mess that we're in with, with society and technology? 855-560-9900. on the and Andy of the car, doctor. Let's pull over and take the pause while the buttons still work. We'll be back right after this. It's the old lady from Pasadena drives that way, but when it comes
0: to
3: fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, let's get on over and talk to John in Wisconsin,
1: a one Chevy Suburban. John, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? John? Yo, John. We're missing a button. This is the part where I kind of fill in the air gap, folks, because, you know, dead air on radio is never a good thing, and as long as there's sound, it always works. Do we want to... Uh, Try and get over to line two, or is John there? Let's try it again. Technology. Let's go to Bob. Bob, are you there?
3: Yes, I am, Ron. How are you?
1: Well, I see things are coming in clearer in Delaware than they are in Wisconsin. We'll have to work on that. We'll have to to turn the flux capacitor around. I wanted to make a
3: few comments on the Tesla.
1: Hit me, brother. What do you got?
3: I think the thing is great car. I think Elon's a great guy. He's probably 10 years ahead of his time, probably 10 years behind GM when they had the SV1. I think it's a situation where we've got to use all the technology we have. And the thing with Tesla, especially with the Model 3 over the summer, he was under tremendous pressure all summer long to get the numbers up. So they were producing the car, and I think in the end they put a model line in a tent. So they actually had an assembly line and a tent in the parking lot where they were assembling the cars by hand. Yes, I Now, believe the fact right. that they yeah. threw half the parts in the trunk was <laughs> just merely to get the cars delivered. Was just to get the numbers out. Right. right. You know, what I mean, they don't know numbers-wise whether that's a completed car or not. And it's always cheaper to build the car at the car dealership under the warranty program because they pay a lot less to the technicians than they pay for assembly line. Volkswagen's you, been you, doing that for years. You think so? Oh, oh, I know. it. I worked for Volkswagen for a number of years as a technician. Right. And I can tell you that the, the cars, especially the stuff that came out of Latin America, the uh, Volkswagen Fox, half that car came in the, in the uh, trunk. The seats didn't match. I mean, the thing was a mess. It yeah, had to be rebuilt at the dealership before you could
1: deliver it. But you don't think that the assembly line where they're doing mass production and they can turn out a higher volume cost per unit is cheaper to have you know everybody on the line assemble that car versus... You know, one technician in the bay work on the car for three days?
3: Well, the way he built that out in a parking lot in the desert of California, it's all robotic. Okay. And that's where they ran into all kinds of problems between the robotics and the humans. When he got into trouble this summer, is because he didn't have his production numbers up to where he claimed they would be. Okay. mean, a brilliant guy. He's a, he's, a very, he's a very smart guy. Now, he's, he's, I'm sure there are people that are a lot smarter than he is but he's a very smart guy. He had a lot of money from PayPal. He put his PayPal money where his mouth is. I mean, he really did put himself out. You know, I think electric power is fantastic. We have a Tesla supercharger station here in Lewis, Delaware, that has maybe eight posts on it. I never see more than one or two cars there at any given time. is it a load on the power grid? Absolutely. Uh, Is it better than burning fossil fuel? Absolutely. You know, we want a trade-off. I, I look at the uh, Salem Nuclear Power Plant in New Jersey, and I see the steam coming off the conning towers. Nuclear power is a problem unto itself, uh, outside of the long-term pollution from the, the spent rods. It's not the same as the burnt coal in the air. But so I mean it's it's all trade off.
1: Now well I I agree. I think I think it's a trade off. I agree with that statement. Um and again if you notice this morning I only commented on this was this person's opinion, this was that person's opinion. Have right. I ever have I ever sat in a Tesla? Once. Have I ever driven one? No. Have I ever tried to work on one? No. But I go by what I read. All right. You know, it's I go by what I read. I go by what I hear. Uh, The truth be told, the last time I really looked into this, my understanding, walking away from the article I read at the time about a year ago, was that it costs more to produce the electricity and more uh, effort of fossil fuel expulsion into the environment than the internal combustion engine. The electric car right program, now, and not and I that's not, just Tesla. And, the, wait, yeah, that's no,
3: not just Tesla, and wait, but that's not just Tesla. That's all Wawa of them. Right now, and pay a dollar ninety six, and diesel is two forty two. Right. Well, you know, I mean, so yeah, those numbers, absolutely, but you know, they're grossly underinflated numbers. I mean, it's you've got Royal Farms battling against Wawa here, right? Uh, but that's. Uh, yeah, you know, the cost of fuel is ridiculously inexpensive right now. I mean, now it, it must be subsidized.
1: Where do I think Tesla's taking us? Do I think Tesla is as bad as everybody makes everybody makes him out to be? Um, no, I think he's a businessman. I also think yeah, I, I, I also think part of the bad rap Tesla's getting is partly, in fact, because I can't believe he's making GM, Ford, Chrysler, Toyota, Honda, et cetera, happy. He, you know, this is like Tucker in the late '40s. Uh, you know, this is the guy right. that's coming out with the, with the with the the you know the re- the next revolution, and I know he's not making big oil happy. All right,
3: right, but they're bailing on the Ford uh, electric, and they're bailing on GM. Bailed on the Volt, right? I mean, it's you know, and they did that to the Saturns. I mean, and it wasn't enough to just let the Saturn go. They had to bring them all back and crush them. I mean, it was unbelievable.
1: Where where I think Tesla is really trying hard and working hard and I admire him for this is he's trying to create the revolution that will lead to the next change and nobody's giving well, them enough. that's helpful. And 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 I believe that. I really do. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we've all got to work together and move forward because, you know, every time I look at those photos from space, this is the only blue marble left in the universe, and uh, this is the only place where life as we know it exists, and that we got to take care of it while we're here and while it's still here. Bob, I appreciate the call and the conversation very much. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Running in the car, doctor. You know, to continue the comment, and I, I love the call from Bob in Delaware. I, I love to hear your thoughts about Tesla, and it's it's a great open exchange of ideas. You know, the, the problem is we love to knock what we don't understand, and we love to knock anything different. Maybe I'm guilty of it at times too. I guess I could say I'm human, and it happens. And it's, but you know, you got to look at where Tesla's taking us. And I've spoken pro and anti-tesla i get it i've seen some things that make me wonder and I've, i see a thing with a lot of car companies that make me wonder you gotta you gotta admit this though right where's tesla taking us he's taking us off the planet uh, you know he's taking us to the point that when we go to the when we go to the stars and we will go to the stars we will go to other planets uh, maybe not in my lifetime but we will he's laying the groundwork for that vehicle that electric vehicle that will go to mars you know, one of the things, and I love this movie, how many people have seen The Martian, right? Remember The Martian with, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Matt Damon, right? Matt Damon. That movie is so real. I looked it up. I actually, I a, I'm like into this now. I, I googled The Martian, and, you know, it's 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 supposed to be set in the early 2030s. So it's about 15 years from now, give or take, right? And the neat thing about that movie is you look at the vehicles in it. The rover, I mean, it's all... That could be in Tesla's library, of course, if you really want to get to the absurd and the ridiculous, then you hear the conversations that Tesla is really from outer space, and that's why he's doing this. He's part of that contingency that landed at Roswell in forty eight to bring new tech, but we won't talk about that here because I'll find myself on overnights with with what's his name art uh anyway, let's go over and talk to John from Wisconsin who I understand is back the technology the uh the sound waves are starting to work again, oh one Chevy suburban John, what's going on here babe? How can I help?
0: Well, I had a transmission rebuilt in June. Um, I took it out of the truck myself and took it to the transmission shop and they rebuilt it and gave me a year warranty and it made it about five months and 3,500 miles and I'd lost overdrive in it and by the time I got pulled over to a safe spot um, it was making a loud grinding noise. I had no forward, no reverse or anything. So I I took it out again and um, I drained when I pulled the lines off. I noticed usually that's kind of the big mess of the whole deal and there was no fluid came out of the lines so I took it up to the shop and they gave me a call back a day later and they told me my radiator was bad that it wasn't letting the fluid through and it was just a kind of a massive meltdown inside of it okay uh, it's nothing there they warranty you know he's going to give me a good deal on it which I haven't you know come to terms with yet I guess I haven't he hasn't got it done yet, but uh, I guess I wonder what your thoughts were on um, you know his being able to diagnose this without looking at the radiator. Or, how many
1: how many well, miles are, how many miles are on it, Joe? This truck.
3: The whole truck has got about 160. All right. Original radiator. Yep.
1: All right. When when you know when you say there was no fluid coming out of the lines, out of out of both lines or just one line.
0: Right, both of them. Yeah, both, both of them dry.
1: You know, I don't know. In all fairness to him, because I get where you're going. You know, did did, did the pump fail, not pushing fluid where it was supposed to, and uh, you know, was this a hydraulic issue in the trans that it, it 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 failed that way, that it wouldn't put fluid through the cooler? Uh, you know, yeah, I get that. Uh, honestly, I if this is the original radiator at 160, and this is just my way of thinking. All right. At 160,000 miles, 19 well, 18 years old. Yep, I'd have put a radiator in the truck five years ago. Uh, you know, just just on principle. All right, and and while I've got the radiator out, I do a radiator, a water pump, hoses, etc. But the bigger picture here is coming back to the radiator in its present shape. You know, can you push air through it? You know, if you if you put an air hose to it, can you or or a can of trans cooler flush? can you push particulate and matter and, and you know
3: yeah i did blow of it. it
0: out and i did blow it out into a clean container and there was some you know quite a few little black specks that were you know right. in the, in the fluid and, and it does it, it blows harder from the bottom than it does the top the top it's just not restricted at all if you blow on the bottom then it's it's definitely got a little bit of a restriction
1: and i guess that's because this is a side tank cooler right it's mounted vertically Or is it alone? Right, right, yeah. Um, And I guess it would be more towards the bottom because that's probably where all the sediment and crud settles. So, you know, stupid question. I think I already know the answer because I'm sure you did it. But when you did the trans the first time, you flushed, you flushed the cooler, right? I did, yeah. Okay. So, you know, in life, so goes the bumps. Um, What kind of a deal is he giving you on the trans?
0: I'm thinking you know less than half price. Okay. It was about originally thirteen hundred the first time, and I guess I'm hoping for about five.
1: So, so had you? How did you pick this trans shop? Just out of curiosity.
0: i um, just kind of word of mouth. All right, it's hard to find a trans shop that doesn't want to do the whole job themselves. No.
1: Right. Right. So. Right. So, to his credit, he, you know, he sort of stuck his neck out, and now he's going to get it chopped off. I just looking at it from his side and then I can see it from your side. Is it is it the trans is is that the failure is is it is it cooler related, you know, in the radiator. So l- let me ask you and I'm just I'm just kind of getting a feel, you know, what do you do for a living? Uh John, you know, are you are you a I'm, tech that's working out of his house or are you, are you a retired tech or uh I'm
0: kind of retired. I um it's not a work truck. It's right. just uh Right. Just a pl- pleasure vehicle.
1: But, I mean, were you were you a mechanic at one point, is what I'm asking? Not for pay, all. No. All right.
0: I just fixed my own stuff over the years.
1: All right. So, and you know what? I, I, some of the smartest guys I know are are, are the weekend warriors, and I have the, a ton of respect for you guys. If you were to look at this thing from from, you know, the perspective of what happened, what do you think went wrong with the truck? You're on the scene. Do you think it's the cooler? Do you think the cooler is working properly?
0: I, I guess I think he's probably right. I guess I wish he would have told me it wasn't warranted unless I replaced the radiator. Fair point. That would, be a, that would right. be a good thing for him to tell me.
1: Right. Fair point. And, you know, it's here's that human condition again, right? Sometimes we make mistakes. So, and, and you know, sometimes it comes back to bite you no matter what you do. I've got a 2010 Cadillac DeVille at the shop right now. Uh, nicest little old lady car you could ever want to see. 53,000 miles You know, sweetheart customer. She's getting a little older now, and it's, you know, I've got to go slow when I explain things, but she's okay. And we just overhauled the steering system in December. Uh, The power steering rack was bad. Particulate went everywhere. You know, the fluid was disgusting. So I did, you know, she said, listen, do what you got to do. I did a pump. I did a rack. I did the pressure line. Blew everything out. All GM parts. GM fluid. Perfect. Down the road. Until Wednesday, three weeks later, uh, she comes back and she goes, it's making this funny noise again. All right. Um, I put it up in the air. I look at it. I say, gee, why is the driver's side steering rack boot wrinkled? You know, it's kind of got this like a piece of plastic to heat look to it. And I take a little prick because where'd all the fluid go that I don't see anywhere? I take this little ball and I just put a little tiny pinprick in the bottom and i'm going to guess and say about a half a pint of fluid came out well i guess the new gm delco steering rack is a total piece of junk uh, so tuesday or monday whatever day i am back we're going to we're going to put a new rack in this car again and i guess my point is sometimes yeah sometimes we should say change the radiator and sometimes we should say put a better grade of part in it and sometimes we should say flush the trans but you know what Sometimes sometimes the dog bites you, and sometimes you bite the dog. Sorry, Lucy. I got the studio dog in here with me tonight. Um, so, you know, the fact that he did it, and, you know, it worked for six months, I, I think he did okay. Uh, you know, if it was something related to something he did, you would think it would have happened overnight. Of course, you would also think that if the cooler was clogged at the time of the failure of the first trans it would have happened sooner than 6 months right you, you know so as much of an inconvenience as it is from my perspective if this were me in the shop i'd be telling you hey john you know what i'm really sorry it happened all right i'm going to i'm going to charge you 500 bucks i'm going to make you happy i'm going to make you come back we're going to have a long term relationship etc cetera, etc cetera. all right i think i think he's losing on this i think you're losing on that it's an automobile. I think that's the risk we all take working on cars. Some days you just get bit, and there's just there's just no right or wrong, and it just happens. Uh, you know, I'm going to redo a steering rack that I did my job right. I put the part in. I did everything. I lined it all up. I did everything absolutely perfect, and I get to do a. You know, I'm going to lose three hours of time on Monday between the rack and the alignment just <laughs> by walking in the door. Um, you know, that's the risk we take. Uh, right. You know, um, you know. Here's the other way to look at it. All right, just a nickel's worth of free advice is is, and, and I say this very gently, is the five hundred dollars going to break you? No. Is it is it worth the stress? No. Right. You know what? If you were to leave Earth tomorrow, and you work this hard to get where you are in life, and you left Earth tomorrow over the stress of the five hundred dollars for the trans. Man, it ain't worth it. You know what? The universe is trying to teach you something, take it for what it is and just just trust in you know, let's see what happens. Hey listen, look at it this way. The pressure's actually on him. You know why?
0: Because if you He's put to make it work for another six months?
1: Well, because if you put a trans in this, if you put a, if you if he rebuilds the trans and you put the radiator in it and you flush everything okay. and the trans blows up in six months, now what's he gonna say? Right? And to yeah. me to me that's his image and that's everything. And now you'll know. You know? I actually feel bad for the guy. He stuck his neck out and now now the pressure's on. Because if anything, anything goes wrong with that trans, something uncontrollable, out of his control, the the, the pull pin falls out, the servo fails, the spring cracks, anything. He's in it up to his neck. And you know what? He's really got his reputation on the line here, so let's hope it works. Let him do it. Let him do it. Put a radiator in it. Show him the old one, and before you put the new one in, check the flow on the old cooler, on on the cooler and the radiator that's clogged versus the new one, and see if there's any difference. And if there is, you know that the cooler caught it, and uh, see what happens and go from there. All right, All right, sir. Okay, thank you. Let me know what happens, John. Good luck to you. All right. You're welcome. Bye bye. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Ian, the car doctor, coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, 855 560 is the 24-7 phone number. Give us a call. Let's get over to Tom in Maine. Tom, what can I do for you, sir?
2: Hey, uh, my story begins back in probably August and September of 2017. I was having various brake issues on a 2012 Ram. So I brought it to an independent shop, and between those two months, they did all four corners of the truck, uh, pads, rotors, calipers. Okay. And everything was good for a little while, and the guy told me he put ceramic brake pads on it and, uh, you know, build it up to be the best thing ever. And, I don't know, 15,000 miles later, I was having problems, and just recently had the rears fixed, both rears, and the pads were delaminated. So I didn't know what you had for insight or maybe any... uh, Expertise on ceramic brake pads.
1: Well, you know, I'm going to say I don't. Well, I'm going to say I don't think it's ceramics. I don't think I don't think the ceramics your problem. We use ceramics all day long in the shop, and I absolutely love them. Uh, one of the, with the, the the downside of a ceramic pad, my experience is that when it's cold, it doesn't work as well. But once it warms up, it works. It, it'll it'll give you, I think, superior stopping power in, in most applications over a semi-metallic. Uh, there's also a durability factor where I think ceramics do last longer than the semi-mets. My first question is, where did the truck come with original equipment? And I'm going to say ceramic, I'm going to guess. Uh, and frankly, unless I looked in a catalog or he looked in a catalog, I don't know how anybody would know the difference between whether or not it was a semi ceramic on there. I, I, I guess right. you could look at it, but at, by the point you give me a worn brake pad. A worn brake pad so worn you can't tell what was what, what's crushed yep. and what's not. Um, I, I think more before we start to cite the material the brake pad is made out of, I always start to talk about, you know, what kind of steps were taken to do the brake job properly. And this sort of gets into the conversation about people that do pad slaps that just do pads and no rotors and, 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 and things like that. Um, I'll tell you what, Tom, sit tight. Let me pull over and take the pause. I don't want to rush this. I'll come back and we'll finish up with you right after this. I'm running in the car doctor. Don't go away. You're still there, Ron Ronanian here. How, how are you? I'm good. Um, so, picking it up, 2012 Dodge Ram, for those of you just joining us, ceramic brake pads, good or bad, and Tom's brack brakes aren't really lasting more than 15,000 miles. How are the fronts, Tom, by the way? Did they last the distance? Are they still working?
2: Uh, I've since had everything taken off, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I went to the dealer, and they replaced it, and the, my fronts were act- acting up before the rears. So I didn't have very good luck with the fronts either.
1: So what makes you think it's the compound real quick versus the guy just used cheap parts?
2: I wasn't necessarily thinking it was the compound, but I I do probably think it was the quality of part. But That's... I was just calling to see your opinion on ceramic brake pads because I okay. don't have much experience with those.
1: All right. Um, if you're driving anything in the last 15 years, you've been driving ceramics. Most likely.
2: Okay. Uh, You
1: know, and and I like ceramics. Like I said before, I like ceramics. Uh, I actually believe, let me think about this statement before I make it. I believe I've got ceramics on the hot rod. Um, And I I just know that, you know, we're not going to do 180 miles an hour before we get the temperature up. You know, (laughs) let things warm up a little bit. Um, But that being said, probably more important, or just as important as how the brake job is done in terms of quality of component, pad, rotor, etc., is, you know, are they lubing the slides, are they, are they putting a little uh, contact silicon grease or whatever magic goo the shop's using at the point where the pad's right on the slide on the back of the pad so it doesn't vibrate against the piston or the caliper bracket, are they, you know, are they putting a little silicone around the hub where the rotor sits so it's easy on-off removal, that kind of thing. All those are signs of a good quality complete brake job, you know, and, and, and I won't say that would have helped you last longer than 15,000 miles. But it's a sign that the shop, I think, is doing the job right and, and, and trying to do so uh, in terms of what they're actually trying to accomplish. You know, brakes are one of those things. I can sell you a six-dollar brake pad and tell you it's a hundred bucks, and I can sell you an eighty-dollar brake pad and tell you it's a hundred bucks. You won't know until you see how long they last. All else being considered, I think this was quality of the part, not necessarily the part itself. I'm Ron in and the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless.